Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate all the work that Michelle does and uh, how awesome is it to be able to come together and worship this morning. Uh, appreciate Tim and the worship team, uh, just the extra hours that they put in here early before church prepping so that they can help us prepare our hearts for worshiping the King. And uh, I also want to take a moment to thank our tech people. Uh, as I prepared this this week, uh, I realized how much uh, work that is and how much we rely on them. So thanks for all your guys' work back there. Um, so my name is Scott Shepard. I'm one of the elders. Uh, oh, hold on a second. Got to set my timer. Make sure we keep you guys on time here today. Um, I'm one of the elders, and, and back in August, I had a pastor had kind of taken me aside, and we'd been talking quite a bit, and he said, you know, Scott, I think you ought to consider. We're going to have an elder uh, position open, and really think you ought to consider that. And, you know, I, I looked at him, and, and I gave him all the good excuses. You know, I, I don't have enough knowledge of the Bible. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't have the time to do it, and, and, you know, it's just probably not the right time. And, and so he, he left me and, and left me there for a while. And, and then a couple of elders came to me and said, hey, you know, Scott, I think you really need to consider doing this. And, and uh, I still gave them the same excuse. You know, I just don't have the time to do this. I just don't, if we're going to do this, we need to do this right. And we need to be there for the church. And we need to be there for the people and, and for, to support the pastor and, and process through things. And so I, I kept using those excuses. But I went home that day and I talked with my wife, Heather, and, and prayed about it. And what I really prayed for was that if I was going to do this, that God would give me the strength to do it and then also give me the humility to do it because this is really a humbling position to be in. Well, I said yes, went through the process, and last month was installed as an elder, which, again, I, I feel is a huge responsibility. Um, but, you know, when we were going through the process, uh, Brad Roth was one of the guys I talked to quite a bit, fellow elder, and he was like, you know, hey, we're going to keep the meetings to maybe once a month, and and we'll try to, you know, not overwork the elders and, and this and that. And, and so I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm all in. And uh, so about a month later, a week and a half ago, I got a call from Brad. And he says, uh, hey, Scott, uh, Anthony has requested with the new baby and all just one extra week uh, to not teach. And so he's going to go into a fourth week. And, and I said, well, yeah, Brad, I said, I support that 100%. You got my vote. And he says, oh, no, that's not why I'm calling. <laughs> he said, we already made that decision. He said, I'm calling you to see. Anthony thought it would be great to have you teach up here this week. And, and notice I used the word teach. I'm a teacher at heart, and uh, we're going to hopefully learn some things together here today. Um, so here I am. Uh, you know, some of you know that I'm a school administrator, also a teacher and a coach in my mind. Um, one of the jobs in our office is to find substitute teachers. Um, you know, sometimes you go through that whole list and you get to the bottom of the list and there's that one person left that you very seldom call, but they've got a pulse. They're willing to come. And, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, they got their certification. And so you call them just praying, please take this so that I don't have to sub today in this classroom. Well, uh, I said yes. Hopefully, I'm not the last choice uh, on that list. But just in case I am, let's, uh, let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, we just thank you 
Lord, today for the opportunity to come together and just be together as one body, one body worshiping you. And Lord, um, I'm not worthy of being up here on this stage, but Lord, please use me and the words and the examples that we give to have an impact on somebody in this room today, Lord. And we'll just give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so, um, you know, as a teacher, coach, and administrator, I've always found it important to reflect. When I considered teaching this morning, this video popped in my head for several reasons. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. Okay, how many people know what that is? Raise of hand, a few. The wide world of sports. Okay, back, uh, there's, there's a few youngins in here. Back when we just had three channels in my younger days, okay, on Saturdays or Sundays, you would watch the wide world of sports, and that was the beginning of it, okay? Now, the bad news is, for those of you who know what that was and remember clearly, and actually the first time that I looked that up and I heard that music, it immediately popped in my head, wide world of sports. I didn't even have to see the rest of it, okay? It was etched in my memory because that's what we did. Saturdays and Sunday afternoons, you watch that, and this, that video would come up. But what was also etched in my mind was that poor guy that crashed on the side of the, the, the ski hill there. Um, we had the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. We're going to talk about some of those things here today, and hopefully I'm not the guy that crashed off the side. But I will say that that image, and, and again, for those of you who recognized it, that image is in our head and that's 40 to 50 years ago that that was used as the advertisement for the wide world of sports. And so it's awesome to think how God has created our minds and how songs, videos, images stay in our minds. And so a side note is, is that um, number one, parents, I, I, I say this probably every time I'm up here for announcements, but young families, we appreciate you making the effort to get your kids here to church today. On the other side of that hallway over there, there's a whole bunch of great teaching going on. And they're creating memories, and they're going through Bible verses, and they're making that a priority, and you as parents made that a priority today, and we appreciate that. Okay, I see things in schools that where kids haven't had that guidance. And so I appreciate that you take the time and effort to bring your kids here today. But I also would think about and, and challenge you guys, think about what kids are doing with phones, think about what they're doing with social media, and try to keep them off of it as much as possible. And, and for sure, at night, keep it away from them. Okay? I would really just ask you to do that. I think that there's just too many negatives that go along with that. And for that matter, thinking about having that song in our head and immediately knowing it was Wide World of Sports, be careful what we're putting into our hearts, into our thought process. And so I would challenge you that this morning. So this morning what we're going to do is we're going to kind of pause the study of Mark, the tethered series, um, but we're still going to review some things within it. Um, in the last few weeks, Tim, Lonnie, and Eric, and Anthony have all shared some incredible things from Mark 12, and I just want to review a few of those things this morning. Last week, Tim shared 
and challenged us with verse 43, that as Jesus was watching the crowd put their offerings in the temple treasury, and but the highlighted portion, the part that Tim hit on was the widow that put two copper coins into the treasury and that that was all that she had to give and he challenged us to be like that widow. The week before, he went through verses 35 through 40, showed where Jesus turned the tables on the teachers and asked them two questions that challenged their knowledge of the scriptures and in turn questioned the integrity of the leaders and their intentions. For me, it was a great lesson for us to stay grounded within the scriptures and to not be deceived. If someone is telling you something, you should always come back to the Bible and make sure it aligns with scripture. Lonnie, a few weeks back, took us through verses 28 through 34, where again, the leaders were questioning and trying to trap Jesus and asked which of the commandments was the most important. He didn't hesitate in saying, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. But the part that continues to hit me is that he quickly continued on to, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. See, the first one's easy, right? supposed to love God. That's easy. We love God. Okay. But the second one is just a little bit harder to love your neighbor as yourself. And we're going to get further into that as we go through this checklist here today. Then Anthony or Lonnie took us through, I'm sorry, uh, Anthony took us through uh, verses 13 through 17, where he challenged us to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but also recognize that we live in two different worlds and to focus on living for God and building up our treasures in heaven. Several weeks ago, then, Eric took us through verses 1 through 12, where Jesus told the parables of the tenants. He took us through the passage where Jesus shows mercy, but also brings about judgment, and really set up the whole scene for what we're going to be going through here in a few weeks with Easter, and creates a new covenant that essentially set the stage for the church to be built upon Jesus and the resurrection. This morning, we are going to review some film. The old coach and me is going to come out. All of the verses, references that we just reviewed uh, from Mark are tied to three challenges that Anthony gave us on January 1st this year. And I actually happen to not be here that Sunday, and so I'm, I'm as guilty if anybody wasn't here on January 1st. Uh, we had a, a family gathering that I needed to be at that morning. But Pastor challenged us in three ways, to tell people about Jesus, to live consistently, and to serve others. Uh, this message, again, uh, if you didn't hear it, you have an opportunity. We, we have uh, all of the messages on uh, our website. I would encourage you to go back and watch this one in its entirety. But in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, and this is a key verse, Christ's ambassadors. And though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made himself who had no sin to be sinned for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we're going to play, and this is about six minutes long, so guys, sit back, but I'm going to steal a little bit of Anthony, and, and uh, since he asked me to 
uh, teach this week, I thought, hmm, I'm going to use six minutes of your sermon. But uh, just <laughs> sit back. And again, if you watch this already, I think it's a great reminder. If you haven't seen this yet, I think these six minutes will make a difference. And when we're talking about being new in Christ, what we're talking about in every way, we have become united with him. We are a brand new creation. And that's the truth that I want us to have in, in our minds. And if that's brand new for you, if, you, if you've never heard that before, if you've never trusted in Jesus, I think that's the first marble that needs to be in your jar this year. If, you need, if you've never trusted Jesus, you know what? It's, it's, here's my marble. Like God, like I, I've, ne- I've, I've been wearing this old coat that's been ragged and torn. I've been living this old life on my own, on my own strength. I haven't trusted in you yet, but today in 2023, January 1st, today the first marble that's gonna fill up my jar is gonna be, I'm gonna put on this new coat. I'm gonna put on the life that you've given me. I'm gonna put on the life of Jesus. And so if you've never trusted Jesus in your heart right now, man, I would say, reach out to him. Even as we're sitting here, even as we're talking, Jesus, I want you. I want you more than anything. I wanna be forgiven. I wanna walk with you. I want this new life that you're talking about. That's the first jar, or that's the first marble to hit your jar. And if you've trusted Jesus, um, uh, I, I, I think that the first marble that needs to hit your jar might be a, a little bit different. Um, I want to challenge you with this. Um, there's one marble that you don't want to miss out on. And, and it's what we talked about just, just a few minutes ago, that it's, that it's for you, but it's not for you. It actually benefits other, other people. And it sh- maybe should be the first one to hit your jar. Uh, look at verse 20. Paul says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Now, God has made us a new creation. And that touches every single part of our lives. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we act. It changes the way that we uh, relate with other people. We're not the same anymore. We do things differently. And it's not about cleaning ourselves up and being the best version of ourselves. It's just living in who God has made us to be in Christ right? It changes everything of our lives. And there's a new call that's put on our lives. And it's not to live with an internal focus. It's actually just, and thinking of ourselves, there's an external gaze that begins to think about other people. Paul says in verse 15, that he died, said that those who live might not live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And so being a new creation means that we're not living for ourselves. It actually means that we become ambassadors for Christ. Means that we go out and we live as ambassadors. Do you know what an ambassador is? Do you know what an ambassador does? An ambassador is somebody who acts as a representative of of one king and one kingdom. And he does that while he's living in another kingdom, under another king or under another ruler. It's living for the king and representing the king in the world that we live in now. It's not our home. It's completely changed. You become an ambassador for the king. Now, I want to give you just, as we get ready to wrap this up and head out, 2023, how do we live as an ambassador for the king? Just There's three simple ways. But remembering that you have been made new. That in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. And and don't allow yourself to be defined by the past, okay? There are memories that are really hard to get rid of. But don't let last year's failures define you. Don't let last year's victories define you. Don't let 20 years ago, don't let that define you. 
But the fact that you've been made new in Christ, let that be the baseline of where you start from. Here's three easy ways, simple ways, that if we're heading into the new year, we can say, this is how I'm going to be an ambassador for Christ. First is just tell people about Jesus. That's it. You tell them what your experience has been like. You share the love of Jesus with other people. And it's as easy as simply as having a conversation with somebody. Tell them about like what Jesus has done in your life. Tell them about what Jesus means to you with your friends, your family. We talk about everything else. Another one is just simply live consistently with what you believe. And we have in quotations there or in parentheses, practice what we preach. We talk about being new in Christ. We talk about coming to Christ and going to the altar and, and all of these things, <clears throat> right? We talk about that. But then do we live consistently with what we say we believe? And so that's not, that's not a rebuke. That's a, man, that is a call to, to live according to the life that Jesus has given you. Live in the new life that he's given you. Live consistently. Um, <clears throat> It means being kind to people. <laughs> um, it means being compassionate with people. Um, it means not being a gossip around others. Uh, it, it means living the life of Christ around other, other people. Become ambassadors for the king. For this year, just how we can intentionally put things into the jar is that we serve others. I mean, one of the baseline themes of scripture is, is that we serve other people, you see it from the Old Testament, you see it to the New Testament, you see it even in Jesus in Mark 10, 45, where he says, I, I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve and to give my life as a ransom. That is the ultimate example of what service looks like. And it's so easy for us to have little random acts of kindness to, to live Jesus around people. Um, and so maybe that's like uh, this year, I'm going to look for little ways where I can just bless somebody, where I can just, I can be kind to somebody. Or you jump in in a bigger way and you serve in a capacity here at the church and helping out student life or helping out the kids' life, helping out in other areas that, need, that, that we need help in, um, being the body of Christ together, everything working together for the glory of, of the Lord. But simply tell people about Jesus. Live consistently with who you say that you are and what the new life looks like and be a servant. And, and so I'm going to ask you again, as we start off the new year, We've got marbles, we've got experiences, we've got things that are in the past. What are you going to fill up your jar with this year? What marbles are going to be in there? And I suggest that the first one is that we make a decision to be an ambassador for the king. Hmm. Tough challenge. Tough challenge. I hope that you were here on the first, and I hope that you've been really working hard at that. But as, if you weren't, now you have heard it. Uh, but what I want to do this morning is, is that, you know, I want you to think about uh, how that challenge, how we're living that out. And so, again, as a high school principal, I go right away to a report card. And so I would encourage you to take out a little report card from your uh, bulletin here this morning. And appreciate, again, the help uh, from the church here putting this together. But there's some things that we need to consider in here and how are we doing with our goal of being an ambassador for Christ? How are we doing with telling people about Jesus? How are we doing about living consistently? And how are we doing with serving on others, random, random acts of kindness? And so I don't want you to necessarily fill this out right now, but what I want you to do is we put some verses linked to each one of these areas. How are you doing with your time in the word? How are you doing with your time in prayer? How are you doing with time investing in your family? 
parents that got their little guys here this morning, well done. Okay, you can probably mark yourself an A on that one. How are you doing time investing in others? How are you doing with serving in the church? And how are you doing with your financial wellness? So as we think about this report card, I had a really good friend of mine uh, that he was a fellow principal, a little bit older than I, and he would uh, pour into me, a solid believer. And Ralph would always look at me when I'd be talking and he would say, Scott, quit talking. Show me your pocketbook and show me your date book. Or in our terms now, show me your Google calendar and show me your Venmo. And then I'll tell you how you're doing. And essentially what he was saying was, where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your money? Who and what are you investing in? And that's a challenge. That is a huge challenge. And so as this week goes on, I would encourage you to go through this checklist here. And, and you know, if you're like my wife, uh, she had to be that straight A student, had to fight for every A, and, and you want to have all A pluses, good for you. And, and if you can mark that all A pluses, that's awesome. Okay. But what I'm going to tell you is, if you're a guy like me, there's going to be some areas here that you're going to look at and you go, hmm, yeah, my time with the Lord hasn't been as solid as it should be. And so set some goals for yourself. There's a little down at the bottom. Uh, what is your goal for the next quarter? Because as we look at this, I brought in the jar. And I, actually, this was the, the 2022 jar that he had, so it was full. But I emptied out three-fourths of it, and it's one quarter full. We've got three-quarters of the year left to fill up this jar. And what are those marbles going to look like in that jar? And so I would challenge you to think about that. And then the last question, and, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into this, but who are you praying for during this Easter season? You know, we have an opportunity coming up here with Good Friday, and I really appreciate uh, the staff putting together a Good Friday service, and, and uh, I'll, we'll, we'll move into that in a second. But then with Easter, we have the opportunity um, as Michelle said, to invite people in, and I would encourage you to take advantage of that. Um, part of this is, is that we need to be a team here at the church. And I think, you know, as we look at so many of these things on this list, at times we feel like we fall short. But the, the reality is, is that we have people here in our family, we have people here in our church family that are here to support and so the serving in the church and the time investing in others, I would challenge you that you can gain a lot from that also. And so I would encourage you to consider those, those options. Um, anybody that's struggling in a specific area, I would encourage you to reach out to somebody here in the church, reach out to an elder, reach out to a friend, reach out to a pastor, reach out to um, one of our staff members and ask for help because you should not be in this struggle alone. Okay, and, there are, and I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. There's several sports references in the Bible, and hopefully you'll see how we connect this back. They usually have to do with discipline and, and preparation. One example is in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25. It says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who com competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And I would say as you think about that training that's referenced there, it's really a lot of the things that are listed right here on this report card. And so again, as you're going through that this week, really assess yourself. And this isn't to beat yourself up. It's also not to thump yourself on the chest and say how great I am. 
it's just really a reflection of those verses that the pastor shared with us and, and those challenges that he shared with us. So this morning, if you'll indulge me here for a few minutes to make some connections, uh, with this being the time of year of March Madness and a lot of basketball games going on, I wanted to share a couple of things from experience right here in Ashland. A year ago, Ashland won its first state championship in basketball. I want to share the last 20 seconds of that game with you this morning, but I want you to focus on a couple of things. I want you to focus on the excitement of the crowd and the excitement of the players. 20 seconds left in the game, tie ball game. Still get fired up when I see that. <laughs> For good reason. That was my son that hit the shot, and yes, I'm proud of him. Uh, but, you know, what, what, what a lot of people don't know is that he was 0 for 3 from the three-point line prior to that shot. Kale Jacobson, who threw that pass, had scored 43 points the day before. Ball game's tied with 20 seconds left, and Kale makes the decision to send that pass to the corner to uh, Evan. And then obviously the, the excitement that ensued was incredible and you see the fans going crazy. Um, you know, a lot of people would look at that and think, wow, what an experience for Evan, what an experience for those kids. And, and it, it absolutely was an incredible experience. But what a lot of people don't know is that nine months earlier, the same kid um, was number one in the state in the high hurdles, had the fastest time, went into the uh, prelims, fastest time in the prelims, didn't touch a hurdle. Hadn't touched a hurdle all year. Uh, goes into the final. He's in lane four. That's the lane you want to be in. And uh, gun goes off, starts running, and gets to the last hurdle, and then crashes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I always get emotional when I see that. <clears throat> Kid worked really hard to get to that point. He crashed that day. As a parent, you don't like to see your kid crash. You don't like to see him fail. But what I'm going to tell you is, is that that crash, because his teammates came around him and lifted him up, his family came around him and lifted him up, nine months later, he had prepared himself to make that shot. And you see him jumping up and down on that court and part of it was because of what he had went through nine months earlier. Now, please do not get me wrong. That is just an illustration because I'm not going to equate crashing in a set of hurdles to being told you have cancer. I'm not going to equate that to losing a son or a daughter or a loved one, a mom or a dad. But what I'm going to tell you is, is that the example that we should see in that is that we should come together as a family, as a church family, and we should support each other and we should build each other up. Because on the backside of some of the most negative things come the excitement of some of the most positive things. And what I want to show you is, and, and this is the next little video, was after the game... 
they interview some of the kids, and they had just interviewed Evan, and he handed a trophy to Kale Jacobson. And Kale had this to say so to the announcer. walk me through your state tournament down here. It's been a remarkable run, not only for the team, but for you. Just talk about these last few days. Yeah, I mean, it's a dream come true. Um, and it's nothing we really did. That's kind of like Evan said. We just want to give glory to God. And we have a group of guys on this team um, that really bought into that this year. And that's made this even more special. Um, so that's just another thing. Like when I see Evan in the corner, I know that that's not like just my brother. It's my brother in Christ. Um, and it's pretty amazing. It's a really special thing. Hmm. That's just not my brother. That's my brother in Christ. <laughs> Again, as a dad, that's what we should desire. That shot, yeah, great experience. Get fired up about that. But that's my brother in Christ. To see those two kids at 17, 18 years old willing to step out there and say, yeah, the game was big, but that's nothing compared to eternity. We should be fired up about that. And again, I'm, I'm just so proud of that. But I also want to relate that again to the fact that we here in this body should never feel like we're alone. I would challenge us today as we think back to the report card, we think back to the January 1st sermon, are we truly being ambassadors for Christ? Are we telling people about Jesus? My father was uh, 80 or 94 years old when he passed away 18 months ago. At age 40, he had a gentleman walk into his office. My dad had gone to church, had done a lot of the right things, um, but was going through the motions. And he had a guy walk into his office and challenge him. He said, Wes, who are you living for? Who do you have a relationship with? And shared the gospel with dad. And dad went home and shared it with mom. And they both became believers at that time at age 40. And for the next 50 years, all he did was just shared the good news with people constantly. And I would tell you that my family and I are solid believers because of the example that mom and dad set for us and the prayer that, that they prayed for us constantly and has led to us doing that. But I would give you another example that, and I gotta make sure I say his name right, uh, Jim Castinas um, shared at Men's Intersection the other night. And I would tell you, if you guys aren't coming to Men's Intersection, if you're not going to Women's Intersection, you should be. Okay, we need to build off of each other. If you're not in a small group, you should be in a small group. Okay, the only way that we do this is, is together. But Jim shared that when he was in college, he was sitting in his dorm room on a Friday night. Two guys walked up, knocked on the door, and they asked him if they could share uh, some spiritual things with him and just have a conversation. He was sitting there, he had nothing else to do, and he said, absolutely. They walked in, and although he didn't pray the prayer that night to receive Christ as a Savior, a week or so later, he did, and that changed his life and his family's trajectory forever. And so as, as I'm expecting our first grandchild uh, here soon, our oldest son, I'm just looking at that next generation of just building that and building that and building that, and I would, uh, again, challenge you guys to think about those types of things. The second thing of living consistently, not perfectly, okay? There will be difficult times, and this report card Again, I think if you think about the time in the word and the time in the prayer, we'll hopefully take some of those low spots and high spots out and for sure balance those out a little bit. And so I would challenge you to think about that. None of us are perfect. 
but we want to try to live consistently as we can. And then the last thing is, is serving others and being an ambassador for Christ. And I, I, I think we've hit on that quite a bit, but I would encourage you to really think about how you can serve and who you can serve um, in trying to bring them into a relationship with Christ. Um, so at the back doors, there's some jars of black and white marbles. And what I would encourage you to do is take one black one and one white one. I've got a couple up here right now. I'd like you to carry them with you for the next two weeks. I want you to think about potentially some of the dark times, some of the difficult times, but I also want you to think about the positive times. And I want you to think about what God has done for us, what Christ did on that cross for us, and what that means for us in eternity. So as we um, consider the marbles that are going in this jar throughout the year, I want you to think about this black and white marble in the next two weeks, also in the form of what Christ went through on the cross on Good Friday. And we're going to come together here that night. I hope this place is packed, 7.30 that night. Okay, We're going to suffer a little bit that night. But because we suffer, because Christ suffered, died for who? Died for my sins. Died for your sins. Okay? That makes Sunday morning that much more exciting. And again, the crowd, when they were cheering there, okay, that is nothing compared to the crowd in heaven when we're worshiping God forever and ever and ever. Absolutely incredible to, to process through that. So as you carry these out with you today, the last thing I'd like to leave you with is, is this white marble... And again, hopefully you carry it with you in the next couple of weeks, but put it somewhere where you're going to see it and think about it. I want you to think about a person that maybe you're supposed to be that person that knocks on that door and says, hey, can I talk to you? doesn't mean that you got to hit them hard. What you need to do is be a friend to them. What you need to do is, is listen to them. What you need to do is, is be willing to share with them. See, those two individuals, the guy that walked into my dad's office and or three individuals, the two guys that walked into Jim's dorm room that night, all that they did was allowed God to use them. Okay, and so I would encourage you to think about how you could be used, and this white marble might be that person that you're going to invite here to church on Easter Sunday, or you're just going to continue to pray for, you're going to continue to love them, you're going to continue to support them. So I would finish up with Luke 15, 7. It says, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent. And I want to read um, the earlier parts of that verse in here from Luke. And it was, uh, Jesus was telling a parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And, he, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And again, put that vision in your head, that whole crowd going crazy, okay? and that is nothing in comparison to what we're going to see in heaven. 
and the celebration that when somebody makes that decision, and if you haven't made that decision, if you're that sinner that needs to repent, and again, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory, I would think, I would challenge you to think about three simple verses, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me, died for us. And then John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life, which is true hope. We hear a lot of things about hope these days. That is the one and only true hope. And so I would challenge you as you walk out of here today, if you haven't made that decision to follow Christ, make that decision in this Easter season. If you have made that decision, then let's follow what Anthony charged us with, is to be an ambassador for Christ. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to share this morning and just for the things that you put on my heart this morning. And Lord, hopefully no one walks out of here not knowing where they stand in relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I just pray in the coming weeks that you would give us an opportunity to reach out to someone, to have an impact on them, to invite them to an Easter service, to just love on them, to invite them into our house, just to have a meal. I just pray for those opportunities and then give us the right words. We know we're not perfect. We know that we struggle. But give us the right words to say to help bring that person to you, Lord. And in the end, we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This morning as I head out, you know, pastor, every Sunday, I don't know if you guys notice this or not, I, I notice these types of things, but every Sunday, he doesn't always say it loud. But he always looks out, the last thing he says, he's walking off the stage is, I love you guys. Okay? That means something. We should be able to look at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ that are holding each other accountable, that are supporting each other. That should mean something. We should be able to say, I love you guys. Church that we attended out in Illinois every service without exception the last thing it didn't matter after the singing was done the last thing was said was you were loved and I always felt like that was powerful as could be because whether I love you or not isn't as important as the creator of this world loves you and don't ever forget that when Tony comes back next week let's show him a little bit of love number one I'm going to be very happy he's back so that I don't have to be up here again but no uh, thank you for everything you guys have done and, and uh, thank you for your attendance this morning. You are loved.